Welcome to the Mortcast, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazzie in beautiful lower downtown, Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, look, I just got my first vaccine yesterday, uh, my arm's a little sore. Um, but it's not as sore as it was yesterday, but other than that, I'm pretty good. I'll get my second dose in May. I'm looking forward, uh, by the time I get through the two weeks after that second dose, I am going to very much look forward to going to the dairy block and having some wine with my friends at Blanchard Family Wines. Take an Uber down to the dairy block and get yourself some, if you're safe, socially distanced, particularly if you're vaccinated, if you're vaccinated, 100% get your ass down there um, and enjoy yourself some wine. Uh, They got the 2017 Cabernet. They have got the, uh, which is my favorite, they've got Pinot. They've got Syrahs. They've got partnerships with Western Slope wineries called Restoration and Storm Cellars. Uh, Storm Cellars specializes in Rieslings. Um, Basically, anything you would need. Local Colorado business specializing in wine. Great, great atmosphere if you go down there. I, can t- I can't tell you how much I'm, I can't wait to go down to Blanchard and just have some fun with some friends and, and have some great, great wine. Go to bfwdenver.com and participate in their virtual wine tastings. Um, those are very popular. Um, you also can go order yourself a bottle for delivery, shipment, or curbside pickup. Anything you want. Uh, these are these are things that I just I can't stress enough. Local Colorado business, they've been suffering, need your support coming out of this pandemic, and get yourself some of that amazing, amazing wine. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, or you talk to him, or go to bfwdenver.com, tell him Jeff Morton from CSG's podcast I sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, folks. Um, I think we've had a day to process the Jamal Murray injury information. Uh, If you're coming to this podcast to get confirmation bias about your worst fears, uh, please stop this podcast right now. I'm serious. I'm not going to engage in uh, misery. Because as Nuggets fans, we, we just, it's so easy to fall back into misery. Um, I, I, trust me, I'm being a hypocrite here. I have done it. I have never felt so bad, and my good friend um, and famous person, Tim Miller, and frequent um, CSU guest, uh, he probably can relate to this. Um, when I got the news, and I had to, by, by then, you had to read it in the newspaper. It was the next morning, 1994 off season. It was probably about it was shortly before the season. It was in the, it was in the summer in uh, in of 1994. I opened up the newspaper and I read that Lafonso Ellis had destroyed his kneecap playing a game of pickup basketball with Brian Stiff at the Highlands Ranch Rec Center, and that absolutely destroyed me. Absolutely destroyed me. As all of you guys know, who know who know me for the last twelve years, I've been doing this. 
Uh, I have been, uh, uh, I just, Wolfonzo Ellis is by far, by far my favorite basketball player ever. Uh, Fonz is just, is just, even though he had a brief career, um, of where he was on a great trajectory, particularly coming off that 1994 season, um, it really sucked and it just destroyed me. So Fonz misses all but two games of the 1995 season. I uh, didn't really play in the playoffs. And uh, that was basically the end of the, 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 the team that shaped my, really my obsession with the Denver Nuggets. And I think, that, I think that one of the problems we have is that as Nuggets fans, it's very easy for us to highlight the tragedies, quote-unquote. And I lot once again, tragedy is on a relative scale. But it's uh, very easy to uh, highlight all of these things and not pay attention to the great things that have happened. Um, the, I think everyone, everyone in a, who was a Nuggets fan, who's ever thought of the Nuggets, uh, and has been in the Nugget, fan of the Nuggets in the last 10 years, thought of Danilo Gallinari's injury um, heading into the 2013 playoffs. While the Nuggets were coming off one of their most productive periods, I think they had won 15 in a row in March of that year, and were competing with the, uh, uh, the, the juggernaut Miami Heat for winning streaks. Um, it was, it was really impressive. Um, Nuggets play the Utah Jazz. Um, maybe the highlight of Danilo Gallinari's time with the Denver Nuggets was when he hit that above the break three pointer. And then the camera quickly cut to the bench and you had everyone on the bench doing the old Italian, you know, fingers together thing in the air. Uh, it was, it was such a, it was a great moment. And then of course, then the very next game, Gallo Drives down the lane, eerily similar to what happened with Jamal. Drives down the lane, screams, grabs his knee, falls to the ground. And everyone, I'm sure, thought of that. Now, I'm going to point out some of the differences here. First of all, that Nuggets team was, I, I pointed this out on Twitter two days ago, um, when this injury happened. The, the, that Nuggets team was coming to the end of its era. Um, Masai Ujiri had through both positives and some pretty big mistakes, we'll get, I essayed those in the past, um, had constructed this uh, very exciting but very flawed team um, that uh, really was hanging on a knife edge because they needed uh, the players as a collective to perform in a certain way. And Gallo was a huge part of that collective. It was basically Ty Andre Iguodala and Danilo Gallinari with Wilson Chandler coming off the bench in that hybrid role that he would use to close that George Carl would use to close the game. Um, it was hanging on a knife edge because as soon as Gallo went, went down, the house of cards collapsed. That being collapsed. That being said, we have misremembered the uh, the the playoff series against the Golden State Warriors. That game, that series was a lot closer than. We remember because we all, for whatever reason, focus on the game two blowout and the game four blowout. What we don't remember is, hey, yeah, it took everything they could, they had to win game one with the Andre Miller last second bucket. 
But the 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 game three was the hinge game. And the Nuggets really should have won that game. Ty Lawson played out of his mind. Probably he had the best game of his career in game three. Anyway, without rehashing that series. That Nuggets team was a lot closer to winning that series than we think. And then, of course, game six, they make a furious comeback. Uh, and there is a, a, a questionable out-of-bounds call that um, basically the game turned on in game six uh, at the, in the last minute of the game, featuring one Corey Brewer. Now, all that being said, that Nuggets team was basically on its last legs. It really was sewn together in a very precarious way. I think Masai Ujiri knew it. I think Josh Kroenke knew it. And it it, it blew up after that. The eras changed, and the Nuggets missed the playoffs the next six seasons. Um, This team is a lot different. This team is more talented, without a doubt. This team has many different players that can that can uh, get you to a great spot. There's a reason this this season was all dependent on Michael Porter Jr. And I have been in a huge disagreement with much of Nuggets media centered around this. Reason I said this was all about Michael Porter Jr. is because the Nuggets. Um, without a doubt, have had many, many people, suitors, calling them about Michael Porter Jr. the last two years. And uh, I'm sure there have been times where they uh, got offers that, you know, would would be interesting. But uh, I'm just guessing here. But I have no for a fact that they've been getting calls on Michael Porter Jr. and they've refused all takers. Um. You know, I, you, there's a there's a very good chance that uh, that David Griffin in um, um, New Orleans last year would have maybe traded the Nuggets Drew Holiday if they would have included Michael Porter Jr. in it. You know, that that's just that's just me that's just me guessing, but I can see that happening. Um, there are a lot of different elements that have happened, and Michael Porter Jr. is the hinge piece. Now. I think where we have all missed the boat is that Jamal is a huge, uh, it is undoubtedly the the biggest part, the hugest, the the biggest. He's the he's the anchor of the Jokic uh, Porter. Excuse me, Jokic Murray pick and roll thing, and that is the default offense that the Nuggets have fallen into when things get into a pinch. And I think that as great as that is, there may be a side benefit to this. This is going to force the Nuggets, in particular Nikola Jokic, to break out of the default and, and adapt. There's talent on this team. You've got Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and Nikola Jokic on this team. That is not a bad three a triumvirate. That is not a bad uh, set of three people, right? The Nuggets is going to be a challenge, and I'm not minimizing the departure of of, of uh, Jamal Murray. I am not doing that in any way. This sucks. It sucks big time. And anyone who tells you differently would probably be at least borderline myopic at this point. Okay, and I'm not that. However, I'm really getting sick and tired of seeing the doomerism here. And I, I think some people are in their feels, and I get it. Uh, I have been there myself. Um, if you, if you would have talked to me after Gallo went down in April 4th, 2013, 
um, I would have told you every all was lost and nothing matters, and I would have like um, uh, you know played you a bunch of uh, Bauhaus songs and to and, and gone full goth at that point in time. So obviously I'm 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 prone to doomerism. However, I think people are missing the boat. And when I come back from reading to you about uh, to reading to you about DraftKings. I'd like to talk to you about why people are missing the boat and what the Nuggets can do going forward. Basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, others are fighting for the opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game, and if during that game the team of your choosing hits a three, you bring home $100 in free bets. That's 100, 100 to one, one, excuse me, 100 to one odds on the team of your choosing to hit a three. Don't even need to win. This year, teams are, have been hitting threes at an unprecedented pace, so get in and on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and using promo code MHS when you to sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code MHS to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Here is an opportunity for the Nuggets to break out of their monotony. And I... I, I, It's hard to to say the team that just traded for Aaron Gordon is is getting a bit unmonotonous. But I think the, the hierarchical um, default Jokic Murray pick and roll um, two man game thing uh, it was becoming extremely predictable, um, and it was the what the Nuggets used to break out of their doldrums. Um, this is going to give the Nuggets an opportunity, particularly Nikola Jokic, a chance to uh, diversify and develop chemistry with another player. Uh, if I'm going to have a criticism of Nikola Jokic, is that he he, I think, uh, the least the way I have seen him this year, he is not tolerating mistakes that he himself made when he was a second year player in the league, and I think that is what that is what is probably preventing the Porter Jokic thing from really blossoming. People say it's on Michael Porter. To be honest with you, I, I've always defaulted to this, and if any of you have listened to the CSU podcast the last year, knows that my my philosophy is it's on the best player in the in the on the team to make things work. And now it's going to be on Nikola Jokic to make the Michael Porter Jr. combination work. He is very clearly was very clearly their third option in this lineup, and with his talent, he had very real chance of rising to number two. That's just. That's just the way Michael Porter Jr.'s talent is, and it's just a matter of realizing it. Um, this is all about Michael Porter Jr., and I got criticized for saying that at the beginning of this year. 
when Jokic was having an MVP season. But the, the, the guy that mattered was Michael Porter Jr. because the, you need three guys in order to step up, and the Nuggets were getting those three. This is going to require Nikola Jokic understanding that he has to he, he has no choice. He has zero choice. He has to develop some chemistry with Michael Porter Jr. He has to live with the mistakes. There are things that he is going to have to do in order to develop a chemistry with Michael Porter Jr., much like he has with Jamal Murray. This is just the only way the Nuggets are going to be able to survive this year and make a playoff run. Because if you lose a hinge piece like like uh, Murray, your offense and you, the things that you rely on kind of goes away. The Nuggets were muddling through games. Um, I, let, let's People have misread the Boston game. The Nuggets should have won the Boston game. <laughs> uh, they, they, they had no business losing that game. There's none. They fell apart in the fourth quarter. And they fell apart, I think, largely because they are getting to the point on their schedule where everything is cramped and they are extremely exhausted. Um, and then you get to the Golden State Warriors game, second night of the back-to-back. That was always going to be tough. And then they were making a furious comeback at the end, and it just we saw what happened with Jamal. Losing Jamal, as I said, is going to hurt big time. But if Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. can develop a version of their own two-man game, and it's not going to be pick and roll because that is not what Michael Porter Jr. is good at. But if they can develop their own version of this, it'll make everything else easier. Now let me go to Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon doesn't need to become Michael Porter Jr. He needs to become a better Aaron Gordon. At least offensively. Um, a lot of what's been happening with Aaron Gordon is I think he actually he's, he's been, particularly when those three games when Jamal was out before his injury, Gordon was just far too hesitant. He just wasn't, he wasn't participating in the offense. And it's hard with this Nuggets offense. There's a lot of, there is a lot of uh, cut and wait and, and wait, cut and wait, cut and wait. Uh, stand in the corner, wait for three, cut and wait, cut and wait. Right, dribble handoff, dribble handoff. It's it's very there's they, this Nuggets offense is not what you would call um, a complex set of movements. It's just cutting, get to the three point line, cutting, get to the three point line, get the ball to Jokic in the post. There's a play. There's plays where uh, Jokic will throw to Porter, who will swing to the the corner or not to the corner. But he'll swing to the side to let Jokic post. It would be better if on that action the Nuggets were, instead of just getting it to the post where uh, Porter can cut in the middle, if they would get the offside cutting a little better rather than relying on Porter there so Porter would be freed up. The Nuggets do a horrible job sometimes of getting Porter just freed up on actions designed for Nikola Jokic. Um, if there was a weak side cutter when Jokic posts up when uh, Porter's on the same side, the guy who is guarding Porter would have to collapse, and that little bit of space would get quarter of three. Well, same thing with uh, same thing with Gordon, who has basically been relegated to the dunker spot. Get him some actions where he is cutting more. 
uh, and get him some actions where he can post up too. Um, you got two guys who can do that, and, and, and Gordon is like not exactly post up master, but you can. He's a good passer, and you could get him into some of the similar motions. Um, the Nuggets, for all their are their virtues uh, and innovations with Jokic, run a lot of derivations of triangle. I've been telling folks this forever. The Nuggets have a lot of triangle elements because Jokic is a good post passer. Um, you can run uh, pinch post, pinch post uh, actions with Jokic, and you can also do the same on the opposite side with Gordon. And I think you, they can work this way. However, the wild card in this whole situation is Will Barton. Um, Barton needs to be judicious. He needs to be aggressive and judicious, and that is, seems to be something that he lacks. He's either all on or all off. And uh, sometimes when he's all on, he makes a ton of mistakes. Sometimes when he's all off, he actually does some good things. Um, it, he's a man of extremes. And those extremes tend to get exacerbated by his, uh, well, the loud mistakes he makes. Um, Will Barton needs to be fine how to be aggressive and within himself at the same time. And if anything is going to force him to do that, it's going to be this. He cannot be guy who handles the ball all the time. I'm, I'm 90% sure if, if Monte Morris is healthy enough, they will put, slide him into the starting role and then try to adapt in the, the second unit. The bench has been a problem. Um, if, I am, if I am Michael Malone, I give Marcus Howard some time. Uh, because the Nuggets need a creator in the second unit. And if you are, you know, what, what Malone did was he played um, uh, uh, Jamal Murray in the second unit with the second, well, largely because uh, there just wasn't a ton of scoring in the second unit. Tell you what, just put Marcus Howard out there. Not saying that he's going to be the savior, but it's a way for your bench to adapt. It's a way for your bench to get some scoring out there. That was kind of been done with R.J. Hampton when he was out there. Get get Marcus Howard out there just, if anything, give give him some spot minutes just to score. And we'll see how that frees things up a little bit. There's ways they can adapt. And then when you get into the playoffs, you just, you just get into a rhythm. It's a rhythm. It's just point A to point B to point C. You're playing the same team multiple times. So it's rhythm-based. It's... it's, it's that's matchup based. And I think this Nuggets team can do well. There's ways forward here that don't require doomerism. And I think the Nuggets will do will be best if they are able to go forward and understand what's going on. Now, now the Nuggets may 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 sign someone off the, the buyout scrap heap. They may do that. Uh, I don't know how much that would affect this team. To be honest with you, um, if I was them, I would seriously think about not doing it and just playing Marcus Howard more. Um, but we'll see, because at this point, the Nuggets, the Nuggets, I don't think need a, they they don't need to, they don't need to find a Jamal replacement. They need to adapt without him. That's where I'm at. If the Nuggets successfully adapt without Jamal, it'll be better than we think it will. I'm not saying they will win the title. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that 
myopic or delusional. But I think they can develop some uh, exciting things. And think about it this way, folks. If Porter and uh, Jokic develop the chemistry that uh, Jokic and Murray do, that can only benefit this team. That can only benefit this team, including next year when they won't have Jamal. Just think about that. It's not all doom and gloom, folks. The Nuggets can turn this chicken shit into chicken salad. They can. And I think if you just think about how, you know, the remaining talent on this team, you'll be where I'm at, too. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye.